Hey, one fans, Andy here. We're going to Cisco Live, and we can't wait to see you there. If we see you wearing an A1 or Cables to Cloud shirt at Cisco Live, we'll enter you in our giveaway that includes a bunch of cool prizes like an A1 branded Yeti cup and an OCG of your choice from our friends at Cisco Press. Don't have a shirt? No problem. Head to the link in our bio and grab yours today. See you soon. This is the Art of Network Engineering podcast. In this podcast, we'll explore tools, technologies, and talented people. We aim to bring you information to expand your skill sets and toolbox and share the stories of fellow network engineers. Welcome to the Art of Network Engineering. I am AJ Murray, and tonight with me, I have Dan. Howdy. How are you doing, Dan? I'm doing good, AJ. Yourself? Not too bad. Yeah, that's good. I'm really excited, Dan, because I've known you for, for... a bit longer than the other guys. Uh, at least I've been talking to you longer than the other guys, right? Like I, I interacted with Andy and Aaron on social media, but I think that you and I had conversation going uh, one-on-one uh, well before I, I started talking really to, to Andy and Aaron. So I'm really excited to, to like hang out with you tonight. It's, it's just uh, you and me uh, and uh, Andy and Aaron are not around. Uh, so I think we're going to get into some good conversation. Yeah, <laughs> I'm really, really excited about that. So, um, but we'll get to that in just a second. What I do want to get to though, are some wins. We got a lot of wins. So I, I went back through all the way to like the end of December and I captured all the wins that we've had in the winning channel and the discord. And we got some really, really good ones. Um, just yesterday, Kev cam zero, as he goes by his discord, John, as Andy might say, uh, <laughs> passed the JNCIA Junos exam. So congratulations, Kev. Um, is that like the CCNA? I don't know anything about uh, Juniper. So it's it's really interesting, actually. The, I, I would say that the JNCIA is like a sweet mix between the CCENT and the CCNA. Um, okay. It, it, it doesn't really focus on networking foundations. It really focuses on... Um, Junos, right? Like their like their operating their system? operating system. Yeah, okay. it, it would be like if Cisco had an exam that focused on iOS or iOS XE or something like that, and okay. like really broke it down. I mean, it 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 will test you on command syntax, and it uses like you know some networking speak to get through it uh, through that, but um, it mm-hmm. it doesn't you know test you on like OSI or anything like that. Okay, I got so, you. Yeah, it, it it's a little bit different, a little bit the same, but. Um, yeah, it's it's uh it's a really good intro to Juniper. So if you're considering it, I I would highly recommend it. Yeah, I think one of these days I I might take a look at some Juniper stuff. We just don't have any, so that's why I don't never looked at it. <laughs> ah, well, I, if if you look at it, you might buy some. Hey, maybe. maybe. <laughs> you um, never know until you try, right? Right, exactly. Uh, I I wish that I could know exactly where this this uh, screen name is headed, but I'm just gonna say Zach. Zach recently passed his Encore. So congratulations, nice. Zach. That's a big one. Uh, yeah. Bo, Bo Toop. Uh, yeah, that's that, that's the guy that won uh, Andy's yeah, giveaway. Right? Yeah, I'm yeah, sure, okay. I'm sure we'll talk about that with Andy here soon. But um, he passed his N plus exam, the CompTIA N plus. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, and his plan uh, immediately following the N plus uh, was to jump into the CCNA and well timed because he he just got uh, Andy's lab, so he'll have that. Yeah. To go with him. Uh, David Penaloza, we all know David. David's really, uh, really big on the Twitter. He's also big in our Discord, and he dropped in uh, the winning channel the other day that he passed the Service Provider VPN Services exam. So that is a okay. It's a specialization associated with the Service Provider track. So congratulations, David. Nice, good job. Does uh, he work at a service provider? Yeah, he works for Verizon. Okay, okay. Yep. Yeah, he's an architect gotcha. for for Verizon. Um. A-I-T-J. I know Jay. Jay and I have talked many times on Twitter and other social media platforms. He just passed his Azure 104 exam, so the AZ-104. Nice. Year anniversary of his first CCIE, so congratulations, Jeff. Again, Jeff Kish in the Discord, dropping that in the winning channel. Beautiful plaque Cisco sent him uh, for celebrating 10 years of keeping that certification up to date. 
That is awesome. Yeah. Now, when you when you do the CCIE to keep that up to date, do you have to do those continue like what is it continual learning credits or whatever they're called? Um. So there's there's continuing education learning credits uh, stuff like that. Education. Um. Okay. So it, it's taking classes at Cisco Live. You can take uh, encore exams. You can do. Uh, or not on core exams, a uh, core level exam. So if you already have like your CCIE route switch, uh, mm-hmm. you could go for the um, security core exam. Oh, okay. And pass that, or you could just you know stay in the same track and and pass the on core, and that would renew it. Um, gotcha. And then I re- I recently just read that you could do three of the professional level specializations. Okay. And that would renew your your expert level certification as well. Gotcha. So there's a couple different well, ways that you can do it now. Okay. Well, good job though. And then uh, there's also, I mean, if you if you don't want to do that, uh, there's the what, what is it, the emer emeritus or emeritus? Oh yeah. I, for, I forget how you say it. You know, yeah, I don't know. Thing. Um, but it's kind of like you retire it, right? Like, so it, it's it's you you hold it. Like if if you're in a point where you can't commit to like studying or you know going through that recertifying process. Instead of like letting it expire and then having to start from square one, uh, you can pay Cisco a nominal fee, and it's like less than a hundred bucks, as as I understand it, and uh, okay. it moves your CCIE to the emeritus status, and then whenever you get around to it, you go ahead and you know take that core level exam, those three specializations, or whatever you decide you want to do, and as soon as you do that, that pulls it out of the emeritus status and renews it to fully certified. Gotcha. So it's just and a I, way to like keep it going without letting it expire. Yeah. Can I take my CCENT and put it in <laughs> status? I don't know. That that might be a question. We'll have to tweet at learning at Cisco and see yeah. if uh, <laughs> that's a possibility. I'm not sure. I'm just curious. I, uh... <laughs> that, that's really funny. <laughs> like CCENT Emeritus. Yeah. I'm going to put that on my LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> that is great. Oh man! It's not time right now. I gotta, <laughs> gotta do something else. No. That's right. That's right. Um, so, like like I alluded to our, earlier in the intro, I, I think that you and I we, we both come from smaller areas, right? Like Vermont, not a big place. Uh, the particular area in Tennessee that you live in, not a particularly uh, populated area. And and what does that mean, right? We're we're fighting for jobs. Yeah. Yep. the The job market is not what it would be in, say, a metropolitan area. Exactly. And yeah, and, where I, where I live, the the town I'm in, I mean, I can't even think of ten jobs or ten you know companies in our area that would even have like an IT department. Um, so a handful of places. <clears throat> I have to work at one, but uh, yeah, I it very very small town, very um, what's the word? I guess remote. I guess you want to say <laughs> if if you if, yeah and. And the thing is, is like Nashville is a booming IT uh, place right now. Oh, sure. And, but to work in Nashville, which now, you know, with a lot of jobs going remote, it puts you back on the market a little bit more. Yes. But but before COVID happened and all that stuff and uh, before working remote really got big, you'd have to drive all the way to Nashville. And if anybody that lives in the Nashville area knows... 65 north and south is like absolutely horrible on traffic and i mean i've been there it, i've driven on that road yeah <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's just in the morning times and uh it will basically the time people going to work and when they're leaving work it is just a freaking nightmare yeah it's like wrecks yeah. every day and it's just bad uh so driving through all that that's just a i stress. i got a funny story about driving on that highway i got hit by a wheelbarrow I'm not even joking. You gotta got to watch out for them wheelbarrows around here. I got hit by a wheelbarrow. Yeah, it was a car like two or three lanes over. It's rush hour traffic. I'm in a rental van, and I've got my team with me, like three people that I work with that work for me. I was the IT manager at the time. We're yeah. going from the conference venue that we were in town for back to our uh, Airbnb, which was just outside of downtown Nashville, like lower lower Broadway, right? Like okay. Just a couple blocks over from there. Um and there's a guy who clearly does some sort of outdoor business. He's got his mm-hmm. truck towing a trailer, got a wheelbarrow on there. That trailer hits a pothole. That wheelbarrow comes flying off the trailer and directly skidding across like three lanes of traffic. 
Uh, there's cars in front of me. There's cars behind me. There's nothing I can do. So I'm, I'm like looking out the driver's side window watching this, this roll barrel come at me. And I'm just like, uh, hang on. Yeah. <laughs> and that thing like hits the minivan. It puts a very good gouge in like the front yeah. rocker panel, like fender area just behind the, the driver's side front tire. And it bounces off the van and starts skidding back the other way across traffic. And people are like hitting their brakes or swerving. Yeah. Fun times in national highways. Yeah. Well, if anybody that lives in the area knows that the traffic is absolutely horrible in the Nashville area. So yeah, yeah that, you know, I just, cause here's the thing, like, let's say, let's say if I had to drive that every day, right. And it's like an hour plus to get there and an hour plus to get back home. I mean, you just added two hours to your day right there. Yeah. Yeah. That you're not at your house with your family or doing what you want to be doing kind of thing. Um, and anybody will test like that, that kind of stuff, uh, you know, cause I've, I've done that. I had to take a job outside of the County that I live in and mm-hmm. it was like an hour, hour and a half one way. And, you know, at, I would say at first doing a commute like that, like it gives you some time to think about your day. Yeah. Uh, you know, what, what am I going to accomplish when I get to the office? Uh, and then you could listen to a podcast while you're, uh, while you're hey, commuting you in. Um, <laughs> and then, at, you know, at the, the reverse, at, at the end of your day, you know, you could think about stuff like, Oh, what didn't I get done today? What could have gone better? You know, working on that project or whatever. There was definitely some benefit to, uh, the commute, but I would say by and large, it added more stress. It took time away from the family. Uh, mm-hmm. And it just at a certain point uh, when the job wasn't maybe as exciting and when it became more stressful, then the commute just added to that, you know, whole negative feeling of I can't believe now, you know, not only do I not want to go to work today, now I got to drive an hour, an hour and a half one way to get there. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, you got to dodge wheelbarrows getting there. It just, <laughs> it, it, it's just stress that I don't want. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because uh, so, like where I'm at now, I... I mean, I'm I'm only like 15 minutes away from work. Like, oh, that's nice. and it's a it's a straight drive basically. I mean, there's no crazy traffic or anything like that. I just get in my car and drive on down. <laughs> Beautiful. So, so to kind of, I guess, highlight to to give the audience some uh, concrete facts that lets them know just how small a town we live in. Yeah. Uh, I want I wanted to highlight that. So, um, for me. In the entire state of Vermont, six hundred and twenty-four thousand people. Okay, um, golly, that's the entire state. The entire state of Vermont. Wow, dude. that's that's not like Burlington, which is you know by far the largest city and the most populated. That's just you know six hundred twenty-four thousand is the entire state of Vermont. So, so some wow. some areas that compare to that, Seattle, Seattle, Washington, seven hundred twenty-four thousand people live in Seattle. Uh, Washington, D.C., 692,000, uh, and Boston, not too far from me, 684,000, and also not too far from me, Montreal, 1.7 million. So um, you take like somewhere like Boston and that, just that city. Just Boston. Yeah. Is, like could live in Vermont. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, just spread them out. Yeah. Exactly. That's wild, exactly. dude. That's wild. Uh, in fact, more people live in Boston than live in the state of Vermont. So you could take like, mm. you know, three quarters of Boston and that's Vermont. Yeah. Wow. Um, looking at, at some larger areas, you, you live just, just outside Nashville, Tennessee. Nashville, Tennessee is 1.2 million. Tennessee mm. as a whole is 6.8 million people. Uh, LA, 3.9 million. New York City, 8.4 million. And London, 8.9 million. And then the small county that I live in, just this, just the county that I live in is 164,000. And the county that you live in is 96,000. So when you think about, you know, the county that you live in, the county that I live in versus a place like New York City, okay, millions mm-hmm. and millions of people, like there's going to be a lot of jobs in, in a place like New York City. Yep. Not a lot of jobs. There's not a lot of jobs, period. <laughs> And then you want to look at like IT jobs. Okay. There, there might be a good handful of IT jobs, but um, I see a lot of like SQL and applications, this and, and stuff, other stuff, right? Like the, the amount of jobs that are like infrastructure related, or mm-hmm. if you're, if you're looking in, in, in my area, if you think that you're going to move to Burlington, Vermont and find a network engineering job, you, you, you may, but 
it's probably far and few between because there's very few places up here that are so big that they require a net, a dedicated network engineer. M- most mm-hmm. of the IT places around here, you're a jack of all trades, master of nothing, right? Like, and and that was most of my IT career was doing just that. I I've held titles like network engineer and network administrator, but I can tell you that networking was just a small part of the job. Yeah. Yeah, and the our our company is a little different in our area. Like, I think our IT department's about 160 or 170 or something like that. Wow. Uh, now the infrastructure team, we're only about like 15 or something like that, 14 something. Um, and then the network team specifically, there's only four of us. And so, I don't think even the hospital has close to that big of a of an IT department here. Now I don't know if they outsource a lot of their a lot of their staff or or what, but or their work maybe. Um, but yeah, I think, I think we have the largest it in our, in our County. If I was to guess. Yeah. 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 The, the hospital in our area is, is the largest employer in, in the entire state of Vermont. That's and just I, wild. I, I think there's thousands of people that work there. Um, yeah. there, there's been some other larger companies, surprisingly a lot of like, um, e companies, right? Like, um, mm-hmm. we, we have, uh, a company here that that focused on providing a web front end for grocery stores. So if if you wanted to have an account with a grocery store where you track all your coupons and stuff like that, like that's that's what this company did. Okay. Um, there was another company in a different county that um, they provide software for recreational areas, so golf clubs and resorts and you know, other places like that, like, uh, you know, track their memberships, schedule times and tea boxes, whatever the case may be. And, and that's headquartered out of here in, in Vermont. Uh, so it's, it, it is really interesting, the different kinds of companies that you'll find around here. But I think that with a lot of the technologies, like SaaS based stuff, like the need for having in-house IT people to do some of that is just not, it's not always there. Uh, yeah. Not to mention the the size. Like Vermont is really, really big on small business, and as a result, you know, there's a few businesses around here that they've been around for decades, but are only now are they growing to the size where they are starting to think about having a dedicated IT person. Um, so, point in case, I've got a good friend of mine. Um, he works at a company. They're a skincare company, and he's their first dedicated IT employee, and they've been around for decades. Hmm. Okay. Um, but they just grew to the size now to where they could actually have it there. They could justify having an IT person. Yeah. Yeah. And, and to meet the company's IT needs, there have been, you know, <clears throat> a, a couple of, you know, tech savvy people that worked there that kind of took on the, okay, you know, IT function, right? Like, so, you know, they, they help buy computers and, you know, buy software and, and get it set up for other employees, but they weren't, and they definitely weren't an IT person per se. Uh, and, and so after having so many people and all these computers, they finally said, okay, well, maybe we should get an IT person in here to you know, help drive us forward technology-wise. Yeah. Oh. And he, he just applied to another job. And it's the same situation. Company, a little brewery that's been around forever, and they finally have grown to the size where they need a dedicated IT person on staff. That There are a couple of... Uh, IT MSPs shops in the area that, you know, that they serve the local area. They'll serve, you know, maybe New England or Vermont, New Hampshire, Maine, that kind of thing. Um, but they, they definitely cater to a lot of the small businesses in the area. So, you know, if you really wanted to get into an infrastructure network engineering position, that's where you may kind of like find yourself. Uh, Cause those are the businesses that have knocks, <laughs> which, which, okay. uh, I, I love I love Andy. Uh, you know, usually he, uh, I've heard him say it like, "Well, doesn't you, doesn't your company have a knock?" <laughs> <laughs> I've I've never worked for a company that's had a knock. Yeah, me neither. Um, the the company that I work for now, we have a knock, but you know, we we are a managed service provider as well, and so we have a knock to serve our customers. I gotcha. I I've worked for a company that was a global organization, had locations on several different continents, and we didn't have a knock. Okay. Yeah. Um. So. You had me at a brewery that has an IT guy. <laughs> I, I need to. I didn't know that was a thing. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. That, what am I doing? Like, <laughs> I need to. <laughs> I need to apply for something like that. Vermont uh, is known for having more breweries per capita 
than anywhere else in the country. Okay. Yeah. You yeah. you always have those like funky IPA cans that you show. Yes. Yes. <laughs> That's true. There, there's tons and tons and tons of microbreweries around here. Uh, no shortage of them. There's new ones popping up all the time. It's incredible. Uh, and again, the state caters to small business. So, you know, people brew beer, they homebrew, they decide one day, you know what, I'm going to give this thing a shot and, and they go for it. And, uh, you know, it's funny, like once once a brewery gets into a space, it's built for a brewery, right? Like it's got all the yeah. all the equipment in there that they need. And if, if the business doesn't do well, well, it turns around and gets sold to another up and coming brewery. There you go. Yeah. And so there's there's all of these places that, you know, for better or worse, they've had maybe two or three different breweries in the building, but there's always good beer to have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so and that's what um, it's all about. Exactly, exactly. And and so that there's there's a lot of these these really great stories. Like there was a guy who started brewing beer uh, in like the early two thousands and he was literally brewing and filling kegs in his basement and then he would take the kegs and go sell them to bars in downtown Burlington. Okay. And now he has a massive plant. He's got hundreds of employees. Uh, and it's this massive, massive operation. They just started uh, canning uh, 12 ounce cans that they're going to start selling like 12 packs, right? Uh, okay. of, of this beer. Like it, it was literally like it, when it started, you could only find it on tap period. You can only find it at certain places, you know, and then that started to grow. You could find it on tap at more and more places. And then they started uh, at their 10 year anniversary, they started uh, a release of bottling. Uh, and now they're just getting into canning and it's been over 20 years now. Uh, and they're, and they're growing to the size of, they need a dedicated it person. Okay. That, that is awesome. So dude literally started in his basement and then taking it to some places and they were selling it. And then yep. he's now got his own like full operation. Yep. That's awesome. Yep. All right. Here's, I, I, a, here's a random thought. We need to start an MSP for breweries that specialize right? in breweries. Right. <laughs> Wait, maybe they, we need to cut that out of the podcast. <laughs> we, don't want, <laughs> we, we don't want people selling our ideas. Yeah. Right. Right. Uh, no, but dude, how cool would that be? Yeah, I think you find like a lot of like feel good stories like that though, right? Like the small mom and pop businesses that grow. Uh, I've I've worked for a construction company that was it was family named, family owned for the longest time, and um, just before I started working there, um, they turned it into an ESOP, so uh, employee owned. Okay. Um, uh, operations. So th- there's lots of businesses like that around here, as I'm sure there are, you know, where, where, where you live, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, mm-hmm. I've never lived in a metropolitan area. Maybe there's tons of stuff like that uh, in a metropolitan area, but um, Maybe. It, I think it's, it's definitely different living in a small town area like this or, or a lesser populated area. Uh, when you start to think about like the job market. <laughs> yes. Uh, and, and positions and stuff like that. Like, I, well, I, cause you got to think like, you know, you have your job market, it's a whole pie, right? But then yep. you got your different sectors that, that there are. And when you start saying, when you keep nailing it down to, okay, it, so that takes a big sliver out of the pie there. And then not only it, but infrastructure. Okay. That's another slice of the pie. And then yep. specifically networking and, you know, so as you keep going down, you, it, what I'm trying to say is like, obviously in these metropolitan areas where there's millions and millions of people and they've got these, you know, major corporations and whatnot, uh, I would assume that it is much easier, you, you know, your pond's a lot bigger. So right. <laughs> you, right. your, your choices, you've got, you got more choices than in a very small town like this. Yeah. I, I, so. I would think like you, you could get into a vertical and stay in that vertical, right? Like if you wanted to work in it for manufacturing in a larger area, uh, or in the Rust Belt, right? Like it would probably be no problem to get into manufacturing and stay in manufacturing. Um, I've worked in manufacturing. I've worked in school districts. I've worked for public businesses, private businesses. I've I've kind of done the entire gambit, um, except healthcare. I haven't worked in healthcare. Um, I heard you have to s- uh, sell your soul for that one. Sure <laughs> that might be true. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. Um, so yeah, I, I, I mean. It's it's a lot more. It's it, I feel like it's a lot more competitive. And and one of the things that I think that made it competitive up here is the college that I went to, because it was an IT focused college. And I, I think there's a lot of colleges that might have like a computer science degree, but the college that I attended uh, actually had like infrastructure, 
like they had like a network administrator, systems administrator classes. They taught classes on Windows and Linux and stuff like that. It wasn't just programming and hardware and, and like the computer science stuff. Like it, we we actually did a lot of that. And so you, you would have graduates of this college, you know, by and large, most of them would take off and leave the state, as do most people that graduate. Uh, as soon as people leave high school, they, they kind of get out of here and go find uh, larger prospects and, and jobs they're interested in. But, um, you know, people that, that are interested in those IT jobs tend to, like, find them and, and, and soak them up pretty quickly. So w- one of the things that I think can really help people that live in a similar area is networking. And now I'm not talking about, like, uh, IT networking. I'm talking yeah. about the social networking. Yeah. Um, cause that's one of the things that helped me get almost every single one of my jobs. It wasn't me going out and applying for jobs. Um, I would get asked to apply or somebody would tell me about a position that they wanted me to go apply to, uh, in order for me to get, you know, to move from one place to the other. Yeah. And I mean, since you've already worked at every company in Vermont, um, <laughs> <laughs> our IT job, I guess, in Vermont, <laughs> If Aaron was here, he would. Right. I think right. I think you would laugh. I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that brings us to another point. You know, you you and I, although we're similar in a lot of things, we're also not similar in the fact that you've worked how many jobs now? Oh, don't make me go back and count. Man. <laughs> we'll just say twenty plus somewhere right in there, right? Yeah. Uh, see, it's not it's not that bad. You know. Okay. I, I, All right. Eighteen plus All something like that. You know what? Again, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna go do this in real time. Yeah. Here. I'm gonna go and I'm gonna look at my LinkedIn profile and see how many IT jobs have I had. So there's one, two, three, four, five, six, uh, seven, eight, seven, eight, 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 eight different jobs. Final final number eight. Final number. Yeah. Final number. Let me let me go to my LinkedIn. Uh, <laughs> one yeah one <laughs> one jo- one it job that i've worked uh so so we're different in that right uh you, you've you've done eight it jobs and i've been at the same one going on my ninth year actually wow uh that in june this year will be my ninth year um yeah. so, so we've talked we've we've talked around this before in some of our other uh episodes um you know what are the pros and cons of working multiple jobs versus working one job? Is it bad? Is either one bad? Because I've know people who kind of look at me as like, um, I'm not growing, right? Because they're, they're going from environment to environment to environment. And I think there's some truth in that, right? I think there's, there's a benefit of seeing multiple environments out in the wild, Mm-hmm. right because you you get a better idea of like maybe this person wasn't doing it right but that if if that's the only way they know that's the only way they know right and and if, as you see different ones you might see you might take a little bit from each one each experience and become a more knowledgeable person over that like what to do in a certain situation kind of thing um but then on the flip side some people might think you know you're not invested into a company because you're job hopping Right. So, I, and so I, I think there is something to be said for, for both of that, right? Like um, everybody does IT a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. And um, I would say that in, in your instance, just in the time that I've known you and, and talked to you, like, I don't think that you should be concerned about uh, growth or experience, right? Because mm-hmm. I feel like you've gotten a few promotions since I've, I've met you. Um, yeah. I know that you've implemented some fun technology. You know, mm-hmm. you, yep. you got hands on Cisco ACI. You got some new Palo Alto firewalls. You're doing a lot with Nexus. Like, you, mm-hmm. you kind of got a lot going on there. So you're getting some really good experience just staying at this one place. And and so mm-hmm. um, I, I would say that I have at times experienced the inverse, where even though I have moved on from one place to another, um, the infrastructure at one place wasn't really well developed. It, they were running like literally Dan, uh, the, one of my first days there, I'm going through and walking, walking through the building, checking out the network, looking at their different closets. And I found a 10 meg hub. Oh, nice. Like in use? <laughs> in use. In oh, production. wow. <laughs> and, that, and that was, that was in the last 10 years. <laughs> nice. Um, and, and, and so it took a long time to convince them, you know, because as far as they were concerned, oh, it's working. Network's working. I don't, we don't need to replace this. There's no problem here. Right. Uh, yeah. and, it, and it's just like, well, no, like 
that's that's not good equipment. It's not modern equipment. Uh, you could be operating faster, more secure, mm-hmm. you know. And so there has been that struggle at times where even though I've moved on to a newer, different place, uh, it was such a step back in time that, you know, it actually took some time to get it modernized, let alone uh, start th- looking ahead at, at like, where are we going to take the company? What what kind of technology initiatives do we have to keep on our radar in order to support the business as it moves forward kind of thing? So um, yeah. I, I think that there's, there's a little bit of both. Uh, now, as far as like, does it hurt you? Um, it can, I think, um, if you're moving around like every six months, every year, uh, something like that, that I, I think that that kind of movement can hurt you. Um, I don't feel as though the movements that I've made have ever hurt me. Um, at least I have never gotten that feedback throughout my career. And, you know, as I, as I look through it, there are some short stints. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, the, the, um, like second IT job I had, or no, that was it was kind of like technically my first. My I, I did like a um, internship for the uh, car dealership that I worked at, and um, after the internship, I continued to work there, not formally in IT, but I was basically one of the IT guys. Like anytime there was a computer problem, I was like the pseudo help desk. Okay, <laughs> you know, it wasn't my job to be the help desk, but um, I would say that at least half my time was spent helping the IT guy take care of IT requests. Okay. And then if he was occupied with something and there was a problem at another dealership, then I got pulled off of my primary job and sent down to the other dealership to help out with the IT stuff. So I was definitely doing more IT work as part of my daily job than what my actual daily job should have been. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Um, So I I worked for a company for a while. I got laid off. Um, That was like a little over a year. Absolutely nothing I can, can do about that bad economic times, I had to move Mm. on. Um, I worked for four months for a small, very small consulting company. Um, It was a great job. It was my first job as an engineer, uh, as a network engineer, and and I really got deep on some Cisco VoIP experience. Um, And unfortunately, it was just one of those things where like, I was on the road every day. Uh, I was headed into my senior year of college, and I couldn't see myself maintaining that kind of daily grind and trying to wrap up my senior year of college. And so I made the decision. I'm like, I'm sorry, like I got to finish college. Mm-hmm. I made that the priority. And and so I did find a job that was closer to home. Gotcha. Um, now to your point about growth, my, my next job after that, I worked for tech support for a school district. Um, it was a great job. I liked working there. And there, when I, when I got hired, there was a lot of promise of, Oh, well you could, grow into this position and this could happen and this could happen and this could happen. And after working there for 11 months, uh, there was no sign of growth. Mm. Um, I was completely stunted as, as to what I could do. I was hired on to help start the help desk. There was a team of, you know, network and systems administrators that, uh, lobbied to have a help desk started because they were trying to focus on project work to help move systems forward. Um, yep. But they couldn't because they kept getting pulled off and, you know, having to do the help desk thing. So that's why they wanted to hire me, start the help desk. And so as interesting as their claim was, I was so chained as far as what I was allowed to do that I didn't feel like I was growing. I, gotcha. I was like, I could only unlock student accounts. I was not allowed to unlock any adult accounts in the, in the entire school district. No teachers, no support staff. Like if, if the help desk rang and it was an adult voice on the other end, I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to escalate the call. I know oh, how wow. to help you, but I can't help you. Yeah. And no, no matter how much I went to and tried to lobby for my own behalf of like, look, I, I know how to help these. I, I can take care of this. This could be one less phone call that you guys don't have to worry about. Like, isn't that why I'm here? Yeah. Uh, kind of thing. And it, and it just, it never changed. I got you. And in some, in some cases it's, it, it felt like it got worse. And so because of that, like, I like to feel like I'm being challenged. I feel like to feel like I'm, you know, there's opportunity to grow. And as soon as I hit a point where I no longer feel like I have that, that's when I get bored. That's when I start looking. Yeah. Uh, and so after only 11 months, I moved on from that position. Okay. So between that position and your other position, you've got a little over a year between those two jobs. Yep. And yep. were those your were those your short your short term jobs that you had? Those were the not the two shortest stints. I did it. 
I did another stint for the same company for seven months. Um, and again, it was just me and the owner. And uh, there was there was a couple times where some paychecks weren't getting made. Uh, and, you know, it was... You got to get paid, man. It, I know. See, and, and th- this was a time where, like, I have a family. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm married now. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh and and not having income coming into the household is not a great thing. Nope. And um you know, I tried to be reasonable uh and, and it's just like, hey, I I do work, I got to get paid. This is how this this works. And uh when there was too much difficulty like I I, I would get paid eventually, but it, it was like not on payday all the time sometimes. And and so it it just felt like for somebody who now has a family and wants to buy a house, it's time to have a stable source of income. Yeah. And so it was, it was that kind of thing that prompted me, like even after only seven months, it was you know, unfortunately time to move on kind of thing. Yeah, but that, yeah, that one, that one makes complete sense. I mean, you got to get paid for what you're doing. So. Yeah, I, I think that's the other thing, you know, too. Like in nowhere is there a large gap in my employment, right? Like I, it's not like I lost my job, got laid off or fired, and then couldn't get hired for months at a time. It was like... Typically, I left one job on a Friday and started the next job on a Monday. Once in a while, I would take a vacation in between the two jobs, uh, but I, I've only done that a handful of times. Gotcha. Yeah, I think there's something to be said about that too, in that's your your job security, right? Uh, yeah. Because I mean, obviously, you're making the smarter choice in to get away from that because you need that you need that security for your family, right? You know. Exactly. Right? Uh, and so that's, and I think that's where I can have like maybe a point on my, on my side, if we wanted to, if, if we're, <laughs> if we're doing sides here, you know, it's like, I feel very secure in my job, right? Like, yeah. uh, I've, I've worked my way through it and, uh, I don't, we've never had a downsize in the past. So they've never just laid off a bunch of people to, you know, downsize or anything like that. Um, I say that, let me knock on wood real quick, uh, <laughs> but I feel very secure in my job. I, I, I don't feel like I have to go home worrying that uh, my job's on the line or something like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I feel. And, I feel and like, s- like I said, I, you know, totally another point in your favor is, is there's lots of growth there. Like you, you're doing a lot of stuff, you know, you got yeah. like, all the Meraki stuff you've done, the Palo mm-hmm. stuff you've done, the Nexus stuff, the ACI, like you're doing a lot. You're getting a lot of good experience. I think the trap that sometimes people can fall into is they're just going to work and yes. you know, there's, there's no growth. You're not learning any new skills. You become really comfortable with the network. You become really comfortable with the the little bit that you have to do, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and you don't have to worry about anything else outside of that. You're not really being challenged. And and you know what? I, I would say that for some people, that's exactly okay because they just want to go to work, yeah. earn a paycheck, and go home. And uh, they don't they don't live to work. Right, right. They they work to live. That's right. As but Andy but I. I feel like I'm I'm sort of that way. Like, there's definitely growth is good, right? If, if I got to where I wasn't growing, I I've, I feel like I would probably start looking somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, it just happens to be every time I start getting into that mode where I'm like, all right, I'm 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 feeling stuck now. They they decide they want to bring something new on, and it's like, Oop. you know, <laughs> it's like <laughs> I get a mushroom, you know, out of Mario. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, all right, hold on. Let me, uh, we got this. So, uh, yeah. just, yeah. And then, and then like what you're saying in this past year, I mean, we are past, well, I guess technically in 2019 slash, uh, or yeah, 2019 slash 2020, uh, we bought a bunch of stuff and it's going to take me a bit to learn it all. And so yeah. I've, I've got something to chew on for the next, <laughs> for the next good bit. Uh, so we'll see, we'll see what comes up you know, in the future, but yeah, I, uh, we definitely have grown out when I first started here, it, it was a complete flat network, right? Completely yeah. flat network. We had like a, a slash 20 or slash 21 and everything was just on it. <laughs> <laughs> and so <clears throat> it, we went from that to now we have a, you know, a three tier core, uh, architecture or architect. Um, it, it's just, it's crazy how much we've grown, how much nice. equipment that we've, uh, you know, grown into like, it's just with the times it, you know, the, the demand, right. We've grown in, in our, in our clients and stuff like that. So, yeah. you know, just growth. That That's awesome. I, you know, I, I think another key to, 
wanting to stay where you're at. Excuse me, cut that out. Um, <laughs> it is is your boss who you work for, the culture. Yeah, uh, yeah in in where I'm at, uh, the team that I work with, like yeah, there, there's there's I would say there's around four of us or so that we're pretty pretty darn close. Like we can knock out pretty much anything that comes up, in, you know, at our job, and we we trust each other. We know each other's families, you know, stuff like that. Like, and so these, these people have become my friends essentially. And, and so that's, that's super nice. Right. Uh, yep. I, they, we've all been there. They, some of them have been there longer than I have. So yeah. It's, yeah. They, uh, there's, there's something to be said about that too. Like the, the team spirit, the, mm-hmm. um, the culture is big. Um, I, I definitely had that with a group of people that I worked with. It, we, we were like a family and, Whatever we had big projects that required us to like, you know, work late at night or something like that, everybody pitched in, right? Regardless mm-hmm. of whether or not it was in our wheelhouse. Like if there was an application upgrade, like I typically didn't do the ERP side of the house, but if there was something going on, I was in there and it's just like, give me something to do. How what can I do to help us get through this and make sure we can all get out of here at a reasonable time? Uh, yeah. And the same thing happened when there was network upgrades, you know, like there was uh, application people, you know, moving switches around the building, racking and stacking, helping us get stuff in. Um, it was it was always a team effort, which was great. They, and and the other the other side of that, I think, is is definitely uh, your manager. Um, I've worked for a manager that was older and all he cared about was his path to retirement. And he <laughs> wasn't very interested or vested in uh, my path for growth. I got you. And. Uh, we brought in a consultant to do the virtual CIO thing and working for the VCIO was amazing because he was interested in my growth and he was interested in my career path. And when uh, we started to look at new technologies, I was picked to go to training and and do all this stuff. And that went on for a good couple of years. And uh, it got to a point where the uh, the company that I worked for was going to terminate the relationship with the VCIO that, you know, we had gone through a lot of growth. It's, it felt like we could sustain our, on our own. And, and so the VCIO was not showing up as much anymore as, as he used to. And I could already tell that with my, with my actual boss, like things were starting to settle back into how they used to be. The, the and, old and, ways and were so, coming back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so I, I could tell like the writing is on the wall, right? Like mm-hmm. as soon as the VCIO is like fully out of here, uh, I'm, I'm going to go back to being stuck where I was before the VCIO showed up. And, and so I, I decided to take an opportunity and leave. Yeah. And that was also the job that was like an hour and a half drive away from where I lived. Mm. So that you had two things going against you on that one, huh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. So, um, you brought this up earlier, but how do you think COVID has affected the job market for, for guys like you and I that live in small town areas? Well, uh, I guess maybe if anything, that's been one positive about COVID is, you know, forcing companies to go remote. I think companies are starting to see that remote's not that bad. That I, I think because our company is a very, um, what do you want to say? It, it's old school, right? It's an old school yeah. culture and everything like that. And they did not like the idea of going remote. But I think they've been opened up to it now that, you know, they, they, they would have never been like, okay, y'all can work remote, you know, for you know, however many months we've been working remote now. Um, and I think they kind of saw the benefit of it, right. That, uh, you know, we, we can do this and not be, not be, um, I mean, we're adults, right? Like that's honestly what it comes down to. We're adults. We, you know, I'm, if they hire me to do a job, I'm going to do it, whether it's at my house or if I have to go and sit in, in the cubicle farm. Um, so I, I think that has put people like us, you know, on the list for your, your job that was an hour and a half. Well, let's say you could work remote. How nice would that have been? Yeah. And, and um, not having to drive an hour and a half. Th- there was, there were several locations. So like the main office was like an hour and a half away, but mm-hmm. we had a manufacturing facility that was like literally out my back door. Like, Oh wow. Uh, okay. Yeah. It was like, uh, just over the next town border, right? And it was like a five-minute drive from my house. And towards the end of me working there, I, I was able to negotiate, like, let me work there like two days a week. If you won't let me work from home, yeah. let me work there like two days a week uh, and just give me a little bit of a break here. And and, and they did. And, and uh, okay. 
but it was it was under like well as long as you have stuff to do there don't just go there and take up a cube like if you can figure out work that needs to get done up there uh then okay you know fine we'll we'll let you do that kind of thing gotcha so so yeah so you know work what we were talking about at the at the beginning you know with with nashville right up the road um i i feel like i could start applying for more like nashville jobs working remote and not have to you know go and uh battle wheelbarrows on i-65 now i don't have to worry about that right right uh but i i mean like what do you think what what do What's your opinion on COVID I, and I think it's, working and how's, how's I think that it's level, people in our areas? I think it's leveled the playing field, right? Like, I don't yeah. know if the, that if it gives anybody a competitive advantage, but I think it's leveled the playing field because even though local places around here that are maybe a little bit further than I would have considered driving are hiring and allowing remote employees, now that means anybody anywhere can apply for the job. But I don't know if, uh, you know, people that live in other states are looking to you know, fill a job in Vermont, but maybe if it's a remote position, uh, maybe they are. Um, it was interesting for a short time pre COVID Vermont was offering a $10,000 tax credit to anybody that moved to Vermont either to take a job here or live here, but work remotely. Hmm. Okay. And they would, they would give you a $5,000 tax credit for the first two years that you lived here just for moving to the state during that time period and continuing to work either for somebody locally or you continue to work remotely. Yeah. I mean, I guess when your entire state only has what, 600 and some odd thousand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I, I guess I could see it. Yeah, Cause I mean, honestly, like it was, it was starting to take a noticeable impact because what we would see in the local population was that by and large, a lot of people that grew up here took off and would, mm-hmm. would go uh, have a life somewhere else and they they might come back after they had kids mm-hmm. they might not um, they would come back towards the end of their life uh, and so the a lot of the schools were feel, feeling the impact of that and that there's there wasn't a whole lot of new school-age children coming in year after year in fact the school district that I worked at had to close an elementary school because there just was not that many new kids like they could not sustain a third elementary school like they had so they had to close it to go uh, to go down to two Wow. Okay. Um, and, and so this was an attempt by the state to, to to bring more people back into the state or or try to keep them here. I got you. I don't know how well <laughs> how well that worked. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, I, I think that's another thing that you know we probably have going for us both is it's a beautiful place to live, right? Oh yeah. Um, the, there's so much going on here in Vermont, like you know, hiking trails, mountains. Uh, skiing. I'm not really into skiing personally, but you know, there's tons of skiing and stuff like that. It's it's just a great place to be, and everything's a short drive away. Uh, if you really want to have some fun and get into some trouble, then you you know you take a long drive. <laughs> um, go, going going back to the brewery thing. Yeah, um, they have a, they have a really cool program up here called the Passport. It's a beer passport, and it, it's a little card. I think they have an app for it too now. Um, but you travel around to every single brewery and you get your passport stamped okay. uh, and it, and it's really neat. And if you, you stamp out, you fill up your passport then you can trade in your passport, uh, every year there's like a, a brew fest down at the Burlington waterfront. You can trade in your completed passport for some cool swag. Okay. Well, that's neat. Have you, yep. have you done that? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Multiple it, it was actually uh, when when my wife and I were dating, that's that's kind of like what we did. Um, okay, we okay. we love traveling around all these different breweries, checking them out. I saw more of the state of Vermont while uh, her and I were doing that than I had ever seen in my entire life. Like literally corners of the state I had never been to, uh, and it, it was it was beautiful. It was a fun time. Yeah, but see how how cool is that that you know you you did that right that you that yeah. you were able to go to all the different corners of Vermont and uh, where otherwise you might not have you know exactly. So exactly. That's that's cool. I'm gonna have to come up to Vermont sometime. It, it's a long drive, and <laughs> <laughs> I'm staying away from airplanes right now. So, uh, but it. Yeah, don't blame it, you. Yeah, it's a long drive, but I think it's worth it because, like, you'll have to take me to some like camping spots or something like that. And oh yeah, yeah. There's there's campgrounds. Some, there's not do one. some trails and whatnot. Yeah, there's there's uh, state parks all over the place. There's actually several state parks not far from my house and. Yeah, uh, campgrounds a little bit further, so there plenty, plenty to do, plenty of options. I can get some uh, patches while I'm there, you know. 
Oh yeah. 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 Absolutely. Dude, that'd be awesome. <laughs> um, so yeah, going, going back to the working remote, uh, I think it's level the playing field. I I've always worked for remote. Uh, I, well, not always, but I have been working remote at least a year before COVID started. I, I started my current job in January, 2019 and I've been work from home since then. Uh, and I love it. I, I never want to go back to showing up somewhere to, to report to every single day. Like there, there's just so much flexibility in this. So I hope that, um, as, as unfortunate as COVID is, that it has brought about a hopefully permanent change that, hey, this job, you know, we thought it needed to be done here. It turns out it doesn't necessarily have to. And, and that uh, in the future, you'll see more remote opportunities, like permanently remote opportunities. Um, I know some people that I used to work with at another company, they are able to uh, finally, like, like they, they have such specialized skills in IT, right? Like uh, I know a woman that uh, she works with Salesforce. She does uh, a lot with salesforce.com uh, mm-hmm. as like a, an application for a business. And there aren't a ton of businesses locally that use Salesforce, at least, you know, as she has been casually looking for a while uh, for Salesforce related posting, she hasn't found a ton. Okay. Um, and through networking in the community, like they have like a Salesforce users group, like she is aware of several businesses that use it, but there, you know, there's not a lot of turnover. So, you know, she can't just wait it out and apply. So because of COVID, she has found a, a large size business uh, in the Northeast here that she's been able to apply uh, for another Salesforce position. Okay. That, now, you know, I, I'm not necessarily sure that that opportunity would have been there had it not been for COVID. Right, right, right enforcing people to go remote and all that right right now here's an interesting idea um what how are they gonna how because this might be a curveball for employers how do you handle pay for someone Mm. who might be in a different area than you, you know like if i if i was to let's say if i applied for a job in california or in seattle or something like that i think i think their average income is a lot higher than my area oh yeah and yeah. so how would that work like would i get paid their scale because i mean then would not everybody be applying for those that are in the lower a lower average uh income right, right. And, and you know what that's that's i guess a negative for for small town <laughs> folks right yeah. like the the cost of living isn't as high yeah. uh here as it is say in like new york city or or seattle or, or la or something like that right like right yeah you're, you're not gonna make comparatively uh, you're not going to make the same money by any means, right? Um, so yeah, I, that it, that I am very interested to see how how that would happen. So like, if you apply and get like a remote position with a company that's based out of a large area, are they going to pay that salary, or are they going to scale it down to where you live? Yeah, because that because that could be taken a couple different ways, right? Like, let's say me and you both applied for a job in California, and we both got a job there, but well. I don't know what y'all's average income is, but let's say your average income is higher than my average income. But if we're doing the same job, are we getting paid, <laughs> you know, the same California <laughs> or are you getting paid more because you're in Vermont? And <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, right, right. Or it's, hell, or hell, it, let's compare it. Like if I was doing the same job that someone that lived in, in California, right. am I going to get paid different than the person that's living there? You know, I, I that's something that's always uh, bothered me because as, as I have networked and and talked with other people, you know, we, we don't have, we don't sit there and have conversations about our income. Right. But like, it's, it becomes obvious that, uh, they, they get paid more. They, Mm -hmm. that the same position in a different area can make more money. Yeah. Uh, and it, it, and it's unfortunate. And, And then, and then you start to look at like, well, well, no wonder people move out of Vermont because they can go somewhere, do the same thing and get paid a whole lot more. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and even when you take into account the cost of living, they're still putting in their bank account. They're still pocketing more money even yeah. after taking care of all their, their living expenses. Uh, and that it, to me, you know, doesn't seem quite fair, does it? Yeah, I, I'm totally with you on that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's just a small town guy in us, right? <laughs> yeah, it, it definitely is. Um, Cause I, if Aaron was in here, he'd be like, well, come move to the big city. but yeah no it's a lot a lot easier said than done right there's a lot of 
a lot of times where I probably could have taken the opportunity to to relocate, but um, right, and and I think that's it's really just, tough to consider. Yeah, and I think that's just you know a difference in a person, right? Like, sure, I could go move wherever and you know get a job in you know whatever location, but my family's here, right? Yeah, and, you know most of my family's here, so it's like I I don't know, I just different people have different priorities, right? And and, yeah. and so for me. You know, I want to stick closer to my family. Um, some people they don't mind moving across the the United States. I've got a really good buddy of mine. He he was born and raised here, and he's now in Upper Michigan. But you know, oh, okay, that's, that's yep. just that's the way he wanted to do it. You know, and and nothing yep. wrong with that. It's just whatever people want to do. Yep. So yeah, I I think you can't we can't label people or not label people, but we can't say like oh you just got to move wherever the jobs are or. You right. Know, you know, it, it, that's a lot easier said than done. Yeah. It just yeah. just depends on your priorities and your interests. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I, I, I know, for, you know, for me personally, the family's here. Mm-hmm. My, my really good friends are here. And, and uh, it, it would be just be really tough to want to, like, take my family, uproot them, and, and, and go somewhere else. I mean, the schools here are really good. Uh, it, it's There's a lot to be said about, you know, my comfort level living here. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Although I I have promised my wife that at some point we will move to her, her home state, which is uh, not. She still lives in. She's still. Uh, she's from Massachusetts, right? So, oh, okay. um, it's not like it would be a huge lift <laughs> to go from Vermont <laughs> more, to Massachusetts. More like a hover, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, yeah, but she but she grew up in a nice little like uh, seaside town in in Massachusetts. And, um, you know, we go there and we visit like every year and it's, it's beautiful. So I would have no problem, uh, moving down there, but yeah, uh, we'll, we'll do that at some point at some point. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's good. I, I don't have any plans of moving out of Tennessee at the moment. So yeah, I don't, I don't foresee it. I'm not going to say not that I won't, but, uh, currently I don't see any reason. So do you, do you think that if you did, would your current employer entertain the idea of letting you work remotely? I think so, um, because the only reason why I say that is because someone who worked there for a long time, he moved to Florida with his daughter, and they allowed that. They they allowed him to work remote and live in Florida. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't think if it was like several years ago, they might probably they probably wouldn't have done that just because oh, really? like how new i was there to the company yeah yeah but now that i'm starting to rack up on some years i th- i think they i i feel confident they would probably let me i i can't say that for sure but um i think they would yeah and if i could go somewhere i don't know where i would go to be honest with you i, I do have some family in florida but i'm not really big into florida yeah um and then i also have some family over in texas so I I don't know I really don't know where I would move if I had if I can move anywhere. <laughs> Probably not far from from where you are now. Though. Yeah, if I had some family out west, I would definitely like look into like the Colorado area or you know. Oh yeah, there you go. So, somewhere where there's like you know trees and trails and still feels of, like home. Yeah, the outdoors. Yeah. yeah, you're you're not moving to San Jose. No, 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 no. <laughs> no Silicon City for for Dan. No, definitely not. Too many people. No. Yep, yep. Been there. Don't want to do that. Yeah. Awesome, Dan. Uh, this has been a lot of fun. I yeah. think we should do this more often. Yeah, we should just have these like chill conversations, you know, where uh, Aaron doesn't talk the entire time, and we can <laughs> and we get a word in. Yeah, we can get a word in edgewise. People didn't even know what my voice sounded like, really, because. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's great. I'm joking. No, no, it's all, all good. All good. Uh, no, this, this has been great. I, I think it's an interesting perspective on uh, the market. I and you know, I would love to have this conversation again with with Andy and or Aaron uh, and understand their point of view. You know, yeah. I, Andy, I think has always been uh, close to Philadelphia mm-hmm. uh, area, and that's obviously a, a huge area. I I know that Aaron uh, is not originally from California. Um, as long as I've known him, he has been in big cities. Um, but I am aware that he is, is not from a big city originally. Uh, and now he, and he's, so, he's bounced around a few places though, right? Yeah. Yeah. Was he from Florida? I don't think so. Oh, okay. Maybe is it just his parents are in Florida? Yeah. His parents are currently in Florida. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I think there's a lot of great perspectives to offer 
and uh, I'm sure we'll have those conversations soon. But this this was a good one. Any uh, parting bits before we go? Uh, no, not that I can think of. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would say regardless of where you are, uh, if you want to help yourself out in the job market, spend some time on your LinkedIn profile and spend some time networking. Uh, get in with local communities. There's there's tons of great uh, community focused, uh, IT focused as well, mm-hmm. uh, organizations. Right. So uh, I used to do a lot of SharePoint administration. I know there's like a SharePoint users group. Um, there is a VMware users group, VMUG. Uh, I am a VMUG leader here in my area, and we we do um, we haven't so much with with the COVID, of course, but. We, we used to do quarterly in-person meetings and we would get sometimes upwards of a hundred IT professionals would come out. And because it was one of the few IT gatherings in the area, we wouldn't get, even get people to, to come attend that uh, had nothing to do with VMware. They just wanted to talk to other IT people in the area. Hmm, okay. Um, and for a few years, I teamed up with my Cisco account manager and we did like a mini Cisco live. Uh, we called it Cisco Connect Vermont. And she actually got um, Cisco marketing to take it over. Uh, but again, we got like 100, 150 people to come out that were all focused on uh, Cisco products and networking. And, and uh, there's lots of businesses around here that, that do that. And we would, you know, showcase the latest and greatest coming from Cisco. And it was a great opportunity to to meet other people. You know, when you start to network like that, like you can get your name out there and uh, you just, just talk to people, yeah. you know, and, and the, the next time an opportunity comes up, someone like, oh yeah, that Dan guy, he was really sharp. <laughs> well, let's let's see if he's interested in this position I have open here. And honest, honest to God, like that's how I've gotten some of the jobs that I've gotten. Right, it's, it's yeah. just through uh, interactions like that. So I highly recommend once life gets closer to somewhat normal and we start doing those in-person gatherings, uh, keep an eye out. Look for VMUG. Look for other user groups in the area. Uh, what, what's another one? Um, the name is escaping me right now. What's what's that super popular kind of free IT forum help desk software? Uh, the, starts with an S, I think. You're not talking about service. No, that's not free. No, yeah. Um, it's uh, like free help desk software. I don't know. <laughs> Spiceworks. Oh, Spiceworks. Spiceworks. Okay. You ever heard of Spiceworks? Yeah. Yeah, Spice, yeah, yeah. Spiceworks uh, has user groups. Okay. Um, um, there's a there's a local Spiceworks group that has a few meetings from from time to time and. I think they have a big conference too every once in a while. Okay. Yeah, I will say for people who do live in small towns, um, like for me, when I do like in which of course this past year that you know we gotta kinda forget about last year, but uh previously, um we had that Cisco Connect. We we have that in Nashville. So I would drive up to Nashville to to go to that. And you'd have a lot of people there and you get to talk to fellow nerds that, that are doing some of the same projects that you are. So but but how far away is is Nashville for you? It's about an hour or so. About an hour. Yeah. So Montreal is like an hour hour and a half from me, but crossing the border uh, can be a chore sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the next closest city that would even have something like that um, would have been Boston. Oh wow! And so... that that's that's like a three and a half hour drive for me, from where I'm at. Yeah. Okay. And then outside of Boston, maybe Albany, New York. I gotcha. Would have some sort of conference like that sometimes. And again, that that's almost equidistant. That's a three hour drive for me. So almost almost as far away as Boston is. I gotcha. So so maybe so maybe even some more more remote uh places that maybe that's not an option then. Yeah, so and that was the tough part. Like um until we brought stuff like VMUG up here and, and that Cisco Connect event, if you wanted to attend a conference like that, you you had to go to Boston. That that was yeah. like the only option. I gotcha. Uh, and for a long time, th- there were people that would carpool to go down to Boston to go to the various IT conferences just to like yeah. keep the cost down so work would let them go. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, for me, it would be worth it. Let's say if it was like a two or three hour drive, I'd probably still go just because of the it's really not even going for the, the Cisco stuff. It's getting to talk to other people and learn how they're using these products yeah. and whatnot. Um, yep. like what, what kind of, what kind of scenarios are they facing that, that kind of thing? Like I had a, the last one I went to, um, there was a guy there who, uh, he was really good at programming, uh, as a network engineer. 
and mm-hmm. he was sharing some of his um uh the uh postman you have you have your um crap i'm forgetting what it's called now uh but basically like your your jobs that you run in postman oh yeah. he was he yeah. was sharing uh, a lot of those with me and it was like oh man i could use that right there and and so he was kind of sharing some of his code with me on that and uh so that was just cool meeting that guy right like that nice. was worth it <laughs> to me to go yeah. up there because i i got to reach out to somebody that you know they he worked in a different uh field than i do but uh, or a uh, different vertical but <clears throat> yeah it, it's just nice talking to other people because uh, well okay so let's back up just a little bit because when you're in a small town you don't have a lot of people in your town that talk shop you know with like specifically <laughs> in the networking right like none of my right? friends around here do uh, yeah. and, and so when you go to these places, you get to finally talk shop with people who know what right. you're talking about, you know? Right. You, you finally uh, get that opportunity to, to have those conversations. Yeah. You're, yeah. you're absolutely right. Right. Cause you know, you get, you get the sales pitch and the sales pitch has, you know, white papers, which are, you know, always the perfect scenario. Right. And it mm-hmm. does, it's close to your use case, but maybe not, not dead on. And so always, uh, you know, socializing and, and meeting with other people to get, uh, those, additional use cases like oh how are you using it oh hey that sounds a lot like how i could use it oh all right Mm -hmm. or you know you might be focused on one solution then you talk to somebody else from like oh no you don't want to do that i've done that it didn't work here you want to do this exactly yeah yeah no i 100 percent agree it's nice it's nice networking with uh networkers (laughs) (laughs) what 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 does what does carl call uh he he dropped it one day in uh in the a1 fans channel um an awesome network of networking networkers. Yeah, there you it's, go. Uh, it's the art of network engineering. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> awesome. Well, on that note, I think this one's a wrap, Dan. Thank you so much for spending the time. It was a great conversation. Yes, sir. Thank and, you. And uh, we'll see you all on the next one. See ya. Hey everyone, this is AJ. If you like what you heard today, then make sure you subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcatcher. Smash that bell icon to get notified of all of our future episodes. Also, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. We are at Art of NetEng. That's Art of N-E-T-E-N-G. You can also find us on the web at artofnetworkengineering.com where we post all of our show notes. You can read blog articles from the co-hosts and guests and also a lot more news and info from the networking world. Thanks for listening.